Welcome to Season 4 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these 100 plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. What is happening with the lumber situation over the last few years? This is the first question I asked, but that's not what the whole episode is about. In this episode, I spoke with Mike Goodman and Mike Glowacki of Sherwood Lumber, New York, about trends in exterior building products, what they think will be big in 2023, what has been big lately. And, you know, during this conversation, I did have to wonder about myself because I actually really am interested in new technologies and new products, but I realized that I just specify just the same thing over and over again, the same, basically the same stuff that I've been using or specifying for 20 whatever years now. So I'm realizing that I'm really not keeping up with the latest and I really enjoyed my conversation. It has inspired me to read more about innovative products. Of course, I hope you also find it interesting. And here's my conversation with Mike and Mike. Well, welcome to the show. Catherine, thanks thanks for having us on, on the show. We're excited to be here. My name is Michael Goodman. I'm the third generation owner of Sherwood Lumber and the director of specialty products. And uh, we are a um, the link between the lumber mills and the specialty exterior products manufacturers to the uh, lumber yards of the United States. Uh, we're based in New York. I have 115 employees and uh, very excited to chat with you about the housing market, the lumber market, and the um, exterior building products market. Great. I know most people have been asking me about lumber for the last three years, and that's not even my business. So have people been asking you what's going on with lumber? And now what's going on with lumber now that it seems to have gone down? Yes. So the past two and a half years have been very interesting for lumber. It, you know, this is, this is all driven by supply and demand. And um, we had a, a huge demand that came from the COVID. Everyone, everyone being home, everyone thinking about their homes, some free money being given to people. Um, around the country, and the decision was made to spend a lot of money on their personal residence. Home prices went up. It, it all, there was a perfect storm for demand. So that put a strain on lumber. And then on top of that, you had all the supply chain issues related to um, the the railroads or the lumber mills not having enough ploys, not being able to make the material quick enough. Um, and then um, you had some uh, storms and issues. So all this was the perfect, it was literally a perfect storm. Everything came together at the perfect time and just drove prices to 5X its historical high. Mm. Lumber, historically, it, it traded between 300 to 500 per thousand. Um, that, that, that could calculate to a piece price. And it was trading at around $1,700 during COVID. Uh, it, it, it crushed the, the previous high. Since probably the past eight months, it's slowly gone down. We're now... We're now at um, pre-COVID levels. Things are kind of, kind of back to normal. But there's still a lot of volatility in the marketplace. We, we should still expect some, some, some pushes to come. Uh, we, we don't know what's to come on the supply side, and we don't know exactly on the demand side. But we are back to somewhat normal, so everyone should expect to see somewhat normal prices back in the stores um, over the coming months. Okay. 
Well, I hope you don't mind me just jumping right into that because I've just, it's like been a burning question in my life. Thanks for answering that. We were going to talk about maybe what's trending right now, because as we all know, people have been building up their exterior spaces because they're spending more time outside with their friends rather than inside. I've been um, seeing people ask for pools and pool houses and outside outdoor televisions and outdoor kitchens and all that stuff. What have you been seeing and what are people's favorite materials? Yeah. So I, Mike Lowacki, I managed a specialty business for Sherwood Lumber. And we basically focus on outdoor living and backyard improvements, right? And so over the last two and a half years, I think it's interesting with the pandemic that had kind of brought to light, more and more people were spending more and more time at home. I mean, I, I travel all over the East Coast for work and we take family vacations and, and the, the home went from like a glorified hotel room to uh, an entertainment space, a meeting place where you, you'd have friends and family close friends and family come over to see that and 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 be able to see one another, but mainly outside. And so Sherwood, five years ago, took the tact of, of really focusing on the outdoor living and, and exterior renovations and building materials. And we focus on making sure that if it makes your curb appeal look a little bit nicer or your backyard a little cozier, that's what we're aiming to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the past, probably let's, let's hone in a little bit more about a year and a half, we've really seen an explosion uh, on the siding category of vertical siding with a little bit more of a modern look. I've been seeing that too, yeah. Yeah, we joke pretty often about how white board and batten with black trim and black windows seems to be what we've dubbed the COVID house, right? Uh, I think it's I think it's the modern farmhouse on steroids. And they're absolutely stunningly beautiful to be able to see them when they're finished. But uh, it, it is something that has caught trend much to everyone's surprise because, you know, over the last 25 to 35 years, uh, once you got past like that 1980s con- modern contemporary home with the vertical tongue and groove cedar, it, it, yeah. it everything basically went horizontal. Uh, You saw the explosion of vinyl siding, which then turned into more of a hardboard siding. And now Mm -hmm. what's really kind of taking precedence are these uh, advanced composite sidings. So at Sherwood, we have a product called Everlast that that really kind of takes that advanced composite composition and and really kind of bolster it and put behind like a really strong warranty behind it. Hmm. Very rarely on the outside of your home or an exterior building product, do you ever see a warranty that's a lifetime in perpetuity? Never prorates for the original homeowner. It, it covers everything, including fade. And even if it does fade in 30 years, it's covered with labor. So as, as materials continue to get expensive, you know, as, as prices rise, what you wind up seeing is the, the, the company's kind of standing pat behind that and really offering value and in total cost of ownership to kind of help justify those. I think I think a lot of times homeowners look at it and they're like, man, you want how much for what? And they don't really understand what goes behind it and how long they're protected for it, right? I think if yeah. you kind of relate that to a car, you, you look at the sticker price of a car, but you never think about the total cost of ownership with insurance and the, and the lifetime of the protection that goes in behind it. Yeah, that's true. So tell me a little more about Everlast. Is that someone was talking to me last night about doing the, the vertical siding with Boral? Everlast, is it only one product or I've never heard of it, so I don't know anything about it. Oh, no. So Everlast is an advanced composite. So basically what it does is it takes all of the really great features of PVC, right, as as something that may be more commonly known, 
in terms of being able to repel the elements, right? Whether mm -hmm. that's moisture, doesn't absorb any moisture. Um, it's coated in capstock, co-extruded with an acrylic capstock, so the UV doesn't break it down. It never wants to wick water because it's completely inorganic. And then it takes the really good benefits of other products. The thermal coefficient for movement on PVC is pretty great, right? Which is why products like you, like Boral, like you just mentioned, have kind of made a namesake for themselves because they don't really move on the wall like traditional wood would. What it would do is that uh, with when you have highs and lows in the temperature, the panels won't move and open up. And it really gives you like that classic look that you're going for. Mm. And it's bundled in a package so that it's very easy for the installer. I think if you were to kind of go out to market and look at siding, you'd see that vinyl installation is probably the cheapest because it's very easy to put together. It's not mm -hmm. a complex system. It's lightweight. And, and guys have been using it for, for many years. And so Everlast kind of emulated that in their installation process. So it really took a lot of learning curve out, out of it that a lot of people get tripped up on in the hardboard market. Okay. And it, and, it, and it does have what you were asking, Catherine. It has um, the ability to do both board and batten, the vertical look, and then also the horizontal of a, of a clapboard. So, huh. And you can mix and, mix and match. In fact, I used Everlast on my personal house, and I did a mix and match. I have the clapboard on the bottom portion of it. And then on the gables, I have um, the board and bat and the horizontal. Very cool look. And I, again, what Mike said is it's the COVID look, but I, I went with it. Um, hopefully in five years, I'll still like it. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a, we were selling tons of it and and it's not only comes in white. It's we, There's various right. colors it's choices 15, to choose from. 15 different colors. And then it also comes with a full coordinating trim option as well, so that you have the full system, the same similar maintenance cycle and everything else on the outside of the house. So ah, corner boards and chant and um, window trims and everything else that goes along with it. Hmm. I have a I have a project that might be perfect for that actually. Well, well there you go. You just saved me a lot of time having to research. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Is it recyclable? I mean, how what would you say its environmentally friendly score would be? You know, obviously the environmental score is probably pretty complex for me to break down in the moment. Sure. But I would imagine that uh, there's a couple things that I know that it has going for it, right? So it is recyclable because it does use a PVC resin, right? And mm -hmm. those are byproducts of other products that have been used within the market and are uh, post-consumer or pre-consumer recycled product. They use uh, virgin PVC that can get broke down to then be used in other products outside of it once it's through its life cycle. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's made locally for us that are residing in the Northeast locally in Pittsburgh. It's made in o mm. Oakmont, Pennsylvania. So huh. um, they have multiple different manufacturing facilities that kind of choke down on that carbon footprint a little bit for distribution. That's great. Well, I'm definitely going to look into it. Exterior, other exterior products, what would you say the rest of the trending materials might be? I, I think that if you haven't put a deck on the back of your house over the last three years, or at least have had the discussion about it, you're probably behind the curve, right? So mm -hmm. I think that... Um, decking has is kind of really exploded because of the the meeting space and the and the outdoor living that has come as a byproduct of the pandemic and then people realize that it's pretty nice to be able to sit out in your backyard have a barbecue or, or host people over at night and so we've seen a really big uptick in composite decking and and aluminum railing as well as a byproduct of that too aluminum railing so do you mean that it looks like the kind of traditional newel post with the rails and but it's aluminum or is it like the cable type metal yeah so railing? so it's kind of a mixed bag i think with with railing in particular i think the trend is really heading towards there for protection but not necessarily 
there for design, right? Like they, they're looking for either clean sight lines into the, their new backyard landscape, right? Whether that's the mountains or the ocean or uh, garden beds and things that they've put in so that it's there for protection so you don't fall off the deck, but it's not necessarily a design feature of the deck, right? Mm, and so right. we've seen a kind of sleeker post so that you don't have such a big newel post that blocks your vision or your sight line. Mm -hmm. And then the cable that we've seen become massively popular. That's probably like a five-year trend, if you would. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the vertical cable has actually been really what's the main driver of that. Because I think everyone likes the, the horizontal cable because that's what came out to the market first. And they said, I don't want the vertical thick balusters that block my view, but I want mm -hmm. something thin that's there to be able to protect and, and, you know, when you, when you lay horizontal pickets, ultimately what that does is create a ladder effect, which removes the safety features of a railing and uh, code officials and town officials, uh, a lot of places have kind of put the kibosh on that. So our aluminum railing manufacturer, Westbury, has come out with a really, really nice system called VertiCable. It's pre-assembled so that, I mean, in terms of construction lead times and, and being able to put it up and install it appropriately, it's, it's a pre-assembled system. It's a drop-in. You, you put it in between the posts and, and you're done. It, it's very easy tightening so that you don't get that horizontal sag. You're not, fi you're not fighting gravity anymore. And you're still getting that cable look, which gives you a wide open view to whatever it is that you're trying to see. Hmm. And Catherine, I just wanted to add in terms of our company, Sherwood Lumber, you know, what makes us unique and why we're able to have such insight into the market so our customer, our main customers are lumber yards. We're selling to lumber yards. They are then, or, or uh, building material suppliers, and they are retailers, if you will. They're taking that material, selling it to most contractors, builders, art, in some cases architects, in some cases homeowners. And so for, for us, that what makes us unique is that we're not, we're not just simply selling it to them. We are speaking, our, all of our salespeople are, are um, on a regular basis meeting with architects, meeting with the builders, meeting with the, um, the installers, figuring out what the trends are, figuring out what they like, what they don't like. And then we seek out products to meet, to, to meet that. Uh, we want products that are, that are easy to install, that are environmentally friendly, that, that, that is moving with the trend. So we are intentionally going out there to help um, grow, the, grow those products. We're learning a lot from, we're talking to them every day. We have 15 salespeople talking to, you know, I don't know, five to 10 builders a day. You add that up, it adds up to a lot. We take that data and we make decisions on it. So um, the products that we take in are very intentional based on what is what the market's doing. There are other products like like he mentioned railing. And we, he mentioned siding. There are other products similar that we've seen in the market that we all that your listeners will know about. But these are these have specific nuances to them that make them more desirable or different in the marketplace that we wanted to promote based on what we learned about. So um, it's not to say that you you only have to buy these products if you want environmentally friendly, or if you only have to buy these products, if you want something that we're talking about, but these do have a, uh, specific nuances and differences that make them special in the marketplace. And that's why we took them on. Okay. Yeah. And I think uh, basically what I believe he's trying to say in the, in the soundbite, if you will, <laughs> is that I think we're, we're more than just a logistics company, right? We, we not only help supply and demand, but we also help generate it as well. Right. And so yeah. as the, the millennial generation kind of takes hold as the next wave of homeowners, I think they, they, that generation, myself included, Mikey included, I think have kind of taken the, the no maintenance mantra to another level, right? And mm. so if you look at our product portfolio based off of the feedback that Mikey was just talking about, 
is um, we want really long life cycles. We don't want to be able to put stuff up and then have to take it down in five to 10 years because it's degraded or, or doesn't look as aesthetically pleasing as it once did, uh, mm -hmm. adding to the landfills and everything else. So it's kind of like a uh, sustainable mindset out of the beginning. So if you look at it, we already talked about Everlast warranty with its lifetime uh, with labor replacement warranty. We have Westbury that has a phenomenal warranty, even against the shoreline, like there is no mileage or 1,500 feet or 1,500 yards from the seacoast. You can put this stuff right on the beach. Moisture Shield composite decking is, is one of our best decking lines that, we, that we've had. Uh, that, that is in the market for multitude of different reasons, but that one comes with a 50 year fade and stain warranty. And so like you're looking at all of these products and you're, and you're looking of how long we can keep it on your home looking pristine so that it doesn't have to get replaced time and time again, and you're not adding to, to more landfill. You had mentioned earlier, the composite decking has, sure. has um, come a long way. I know that during mid, a lot of people were building decks and it was hard to find all the colors of the composite decking. There were uh, every single building material it seemed like was, was backlogged, but I have noticed in the last how many years, 30 years, maybe that they really, it really has gotten to be a much better looking product. It yeah. was very, very chunky before with kind of like almost a pencil edge on the side. And now it seems much more like wood. What are, what are you seeing with, with decking advances and decking? So advances in decking are, are they're coming a long way really, really quickly. You're a homeowner, right, Catherine? I am. Yes. Have you ever walked on a composite deck before? But I'm Gen X. So yes, I have walked on a, um, I've walked on a lot of uh, composite decks. One of the first things that you've probably noticed on like a bright, sunny summer day is how hot that deck can potentially get to the bottom of your foot. And yeah. then you're having to wear shoes and leave flip-flops and things at the back door so that you don't go out there and, and burn your foot. Yeah. Um, Moisture Shield is a manufacturer that actually developed a technology about five years ago, six years ago, that is scientifically proven, data fact and checked. It, it, it comes with an actual percentage claim and a temperature variance of how hot it actually can get it, mm -hmm. with their cool deck technology. And, and I think that more than just color, because they're making advances in color every year with whatever trends that come out, the, the actual deck cap has a, a cool technology to it so that it doesn't actually burn the bottom of your foot. It seems like logic, right? Like, I don't think that anyone ever says, I want to do this so I don't have to paint it, but I'll, I'll live with burning my foot. But, <laughs> um, it, you know, if it was a proof of concept that worked, right? Like, you know, this is nice. I don't have to sand and paint my deck every year. So, you know, again, as, as one generation goes, one generation of, of product goes down, the next one comes up. And so the, the cool deck technology is something that we've never seen before. Recycled plastics market is, is on fire uh, all over and, and in a good way, not literally burning. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's, it's on a bull run probably until about 2027 where we're going to see a big spike. And 50% of that is homeowner driven. And so... Uh, a lot of DIY people that are in that space and that they're they're online and the data traffic is showing of how much people are actually investigating how hot the deck can get because now mm -hmm. we're in the second phase of the, the product life cycle. The, yeah. um, the, the first question most people ask when you talk about a composite deck is how hot does it get or does or do, does it get hot? Right? That's the question you get often. And, and, and 
the fact that Moisture Shield has cool deck technology, which literally is counteracts that or answers that question, is a, is a great product to have, and, and it, it appeals to many. People are very that that's what drives them to have it. Uh, um, uh, along with the colors and the, the way it looks, you're you're definitely right that how long how far along decking has come. The, you know the the market share of decking is held by um, pressure treated wood. Um, I don't know the exact number. But really? it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. significant number. Yeah, it's a significant number, which is slowly get and has been slowly being eaten by composite and and PVC decking. COVID put a put a nice little damper in that, you know, because 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 uh, wood got very expensive, so right. people were, everyone was looking for alternatives. So they did choose the alternatives, and some liked the alternative so much the builders continue building and and re recommending it to their to their you know on their next job. Uh, but there is still, I, I think it's like 80%. I don't know the exact number that is that is um, pressure treated. It's a, it's a significant part of the market, That's... and there's so so which means there's so much opportunity for composite and PVC or alter, we'll just call it alternative alternative to wood to grow. And it is and it, and over the past 10 years, it is growing every every bit every year. But as as the technology gets better, as the as the heat as the heating is not as hot, and there's alternatives specifically for moisture shield. More and more people are jumping on the train, and then and then along with Mike said originally is that no one really wants to paint their deck. It's just kind of like annoying. Even even and and the closer the wood looks to real wood, gives you a reason why you don't even need the real wood anymore. So the composite and the PVC continue to grow, and and they have a huge upside to go, um, an opportunity to um, you know double or triple their their share in the marketplace. And, wow. and and everyone we speak to, the the data scientists, the, you know, the ones who study this, see that it it will continue growing in a big way over the coming years. Because around here, I don't really see much, uh, or at least in my own work, don't see much pressure treated. But I do uh, spec out mahogany or ipe or cedar or those sorts of things. Would that be included in the eighty percent, or are really that many people doing the pressure treated? I, I don't think the numbers at eighty percent. I would say it's probably more toward fifty percent. Which still is is a monster number in terms of board footage. Um, yeah. And, also, and to... it's like the worst. It's the worst decking. It's the worst <laughs> decking that you could use. I think like you might as well just not have a deck and just stand on your um your yard Grass. because, yeah, because you get splinters and it's yeah. just not a good looking product. But yeah. mostly the splinters in your feet. Who likes those? Nobody. Yeah. And who Nobody wants to replace them. it in five to ten years? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah, to, to address one more data point for you, um, that number is not inclusive of all natural species. He's talking just specifically about pressure treated. That's um, nuts. It is nuts. Um, the other category that is out there are the exotics, right? So you mentioned mahogany. You could talk about ipe and all of these other things that come from the South American rainforests where like mm -hmm. people are pillaging. And um, I think a part of this conversation was based around sustainability. Um right. We have a product called Americana, which is a absolutely gorgeous natural product that is locally sourced and manufactured right in Pennsylvania. Uh, it's called Americana. Um, it's a thermally modified wood. And that, that product category is actually really exciting. It's completely FSC safe. Um, what they do is, is they go into these forests in Pennsylvania and they remove all of the old growth trees that don't have any more life cycle left in them. And what they do is, is that they, they clear out the forest so that we're not having forest fires and things like that, that allow the younger growth trees to continuously sustain itself in the forest. Um, and they take ash and red oak mainly. And what they do is, is they, they mill it into a rain screen cladding, and then they also do it into deck boards. 
that are structurally end matched, like the exotic species that you had been talking about, so that they, they, they don't need to hit joists. It's sold random length, so it looks like a hardwood floor, and it is absolutely a stunning deck. It's a dark chestnut. It is beautiful, and it, and it would compete against your 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 exotics. You just don't have to pillage rainforest for them. Yeah, uh, and bonus. and what they yeah, and what they do is they take this red oak tree that you would use for traditional hardwood flooring, and they basically put it into a big oven that looks like a submarine and it's basically like an air fryer and what they do is they take the temperature all the way up to the flash point of the wood and what that does is it evaporates all of the wood uh, the moisture in the wood so that it, it's uh, extremely dimensionally stable but and then it also kind of takes all of those sugars and tannins and instead of pumping it full of arsenic like you would with pressure treated or whatever mm -hmm. they're using nowadays um, for acq it, it's a natural way to petrify the wood and uh, wow. it, it is stunningly beautiful. If you if you are specking or, or looking at exotics, this can be uh, uh, this is this is the long term solution. Like this is where I think a lot of those things are going to be headed because That's um, amazing. it grays out just like Ipe would. So you have that like similar vibe that you that mm -hmm. you feel on a natural deck, but it doesn't splinter, it doesn't shrink, it doesn't expand, it doesn't wick water, um, and it's a natural product. It's gorgeous, absolutely stunning. That's amazing. Did they add anything else to it? I mean, who even comes no. up with these things? I just, I feel like um, the people who are experimenting, like, I know, let's put this in the oven and get rid of all of the, you know, you know what I mean? Like who, obviously so someone has that job. It, it's, it's actually really funny because I think we've gone full circle. Thermally modifying wood has been like an ancient, ancient, ancient technique. Um, mm. You know, you look at it across all mediums, right? So you have like Shoshiban siding, which is yeah. uh, like torched, hardwood siding or softwood siding that that goes on and it looks like ashes or embers because you bake those those tannins out and they help seal the wood off from from uv and and moisture it's a very similar thing it basically crushes the capillaries mm. so they've been thermally modifying wood for hundreds of years uh in yeah. japan and, and in overseas and um we, we, like i said we've kind of come full circle because we we wanted to figure out a way to make it lighter and less maintenance and and all of those things and here we are back to what we were doing hundreds of years ago. Mm. So um, Americana isn't the only one that makes thoroughly modified wood. The 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 that category is growing. There's you know there's a lot of interest in real wood, right? That's 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 one of the reasons why a pressure treated is number one. It, as much as it does splinter and does all that stuff, it is still real and there's a big appeal to having real wood. So thermally modified wood is still real, yet it doesn't have the downsides of the splintering or the insects coming to it to eat it, you know, and, and, and decay, decay the wood. So you get, you kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, and like Mike said, it looks, it looks beautiful, but that, and, and again, it's a growing trend. It's, 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 it's a replacement for eBay or an alternative for eBay and the exotic woods. The, it, the, the one that we sell is made in America, which is one of the, one of the benefits that we love about it. Um, some of the other ones are not made in America. They still look nice. The, and, that, and that's the reason we chose the one that, that we chose. The new, that's one of the nuances that you know draws us to it. But it's 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 your your, your audience may not know too much about thoroughly modified. It's still relatively small on the, the market share, but it is growing. Mm. And it feels like every single day you hear about another brand popping up or more interest in the product that that, that comes along, especially in um, the Northeast because it is expensive, just like eBay. So you it, it, you typically goes in more higher end um, type areas. So you get you get like the coastal areas of the Northeast. 
or um, I guess it could go in the, the coastal areas of um, the, you know, the, the south as well. Okay, there's a second thing I've never heard of that I'm going to now look into and probably use in my product in my projects. What else don't I know about that is trendy? That is like a super cool, innovative thing. Mortarless stone. Mortarless stone. Yeah. So stone veneer is is a big trend, right? And I think I think the biggest trend that you could talk about for homeowners and and home remodeling is multiple different textures, right? I think if you think back, you had the all vinyl house, right? And then you started yeah. to introduce some stucco or ephus facade, and then it became the entire stucco and ephus facade house, um, like the Tuscan villa, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you look now and you're seeing multiple different products. Like you're seeing a composite siding on the, the, the back, the base of the house. And then you're dressing that up with like uh, dimensional timbers for porch columns or aluminum column wraps or aluminum railing that goes on that. So you're kind of layering, if you will, much like when you do like a photography type project, right? And so stone veneer, whether it's just the wainscot around the foundation or it's like an accent wall that you would think traditionally inside, um, the, the, a lot of homes are doing it that way. But um, if you've if you've ever done projects before, I'm sure that you've waited on a mason in some capacity, uh, whether it's for mm -hmm. a patio or a footing or whatever. So homeowners are craving this, and manufacturing manufacturers are really stepping up to the plate to be able to deliver. Um, Plygem, which is a monster manufacturer, uh, is a partner of ours, where they make something called Clipstone, and Clipstone is like if you went to their website, they they capture it the best way that they possibly could. It's a two second video where the the stone has a clip on it. It slides behind either into a starter strip or behind the other the other stone, and it takes two screws to put the stone on the wall, whether that's a masonry wall, um, a, t a, a, a fiber wall, right? Like whether it's like a, a regular framing framed wall or OSB clad wall. Hmm very very simple to install and it is you don't have any mortar so you don't need a mason you don't need any water you don't need any powder you don't need any silica dust floating around your job site it literally just goes right into a starter strip and gets screwed directly to the wall i was on the phone with a contractor right before this 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 podcast and he was saying like one of the values that he talks to his homeowners about is that it's removable so like if you did have an issue behind the wall, you're not just going to take a sledgehammer and break it off. You, yeah. you can pull this stuff off the wall so that you have access to it. Um, not an easy job, but you could do it um, mm -hmm. versus just kind of breaking them up and getting rid of them. So what but, does it look like? Is it like look like dry stack stone basically? Yeah. Yeah. So it comes in two different profiles. Not that I'm necessarily giving you an infomercial here, but it comes in a, <laughs> in a, in a pro stack, which is what they call their like tight stack, dry stack look. And then they also make it in ledge stone. Uh, ledge stone, when the geometric shapes are becoming more popular on the modern style home because you mm. have like sleeker lines and, and more crisp than multiple different fields. But what's really cool about Clipstone too is that you can interlace them and really give yourself like a really textured wall. So you can have thinner stack stone mixed with larger ledge stones that to give mm. you a lot of dimension. And it's a full stone veneer. So... Um, panelized stone is not something that's unique to ply gem, but, uh, what is unique to ply gem is how thick it actually is so that those shadow casts that you see really create like a true aesthetic. It's not mm. like a, just a flat kind of milled piece of, of stone veneer where you put it up on a panel and then you see like the zipper lines, like vinyl siding. This is an individual stone that's extremely thick 
and it it really does look beautiful on the on the outside of the house or building. Hmm. And I, I think what people really love about it, um, and love about the, the the category in general, is the ease of install. Right? That even even I can do it. I'm not, I'm no contractor by any means, but like it really is ease of install. Um, it's one less additional contractor you need if you if you were going to hire someone to do it. The same guy who install or gal who installs your or installs your siding can install this. So it gives them an opportunity to make more money as well. Um, are the masons happy about it? I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I probably not. But this is a growing trend in a growing category. A lot of it's, we're not the only brand that has it. Just like I've said this for many, but it is a trend that's growing. We have a really good one that we like. It comes in a it comes in a really easy to install way. I mean, it comes with a bunch of pieces and kind of like you said, two screws. You know, you go one by one, and and at the end of the day, you have what what appears to be a stone wall, even though it's not quite a hundred percent a stone wall. Yeah. It's, um, a, a veneer. Yeah, and and what's nice about it is, is it comes in varying lengths, so it really minimizes cuts as well. And then each one of the stones kind of has like a drainage plane on it. It stands three quarters of an inch off the wall. So you don't need any rain screen behind it, yeah. you know, and you have, uh, they kind of interlock with that slope so that you don't have any wind driven rain being able to get up and in. So it, again, it's a well thought out system that, that really is, is, is an easy install. My wife actually helped me do ours. I have a we're in my detached garage right now, which is my office. And on the one side is where our, our like deck and living space is, outside living space. And we and we did the stone veneer along the outside of the wall. And so what do you do with the corners? Uh, that's one of the, one thing that is a problem. Look at we're walking you right into a selling proposition. You need a job, <laughs> Catherine? Um, the corners, they, they actually make they actually make one piece corners so that they yeah. Oh, nice. So that's actually something different that I was going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, but you see how like each one of those individual turn it around again, Mikey. See yeah. how each one of those like th where that lighter gray stone is. It's a, it's an eight inch tall piece, right? And so um, the the corners are actually made on a ninety degree angle, and they're able to be reversed so that you don't have any butt seam, which is nice. Yeah. Um, the thing that Mikey was just holding up is what they call their post column wrap. Now, even if you have a mason, even if you are a mason doing porch columns and mailbox columns, right? Like a four by four column and put stone on it is a nightmare of a process. That piece that he was just holding up is a one by one piece that goes right along the side of a four by four, six by six or eight by eight. And with there was brick ties on the back and those brick ties go right into the post with screws. So like you level the bottom course, you put that thing next to it, a little bit of mortar caulk and you put that 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 brick tie right into a uh, into the post, and you have a column. And hmm. it, it literally would take you about thirty minutes to do a column. Wow! So no waste, no mess. It, it it is if you're doing stone columns, that is the way to do it. Well, that's that's really great too. Clipstone. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, I think the net is, and it's kind of piggybacking off of Mikey's comment about how we get downstream and kind of help cultivate demand for our customer base. Um, I hope that if nothing else that throughout the course of this podcast, it's proven to you that we we're, we really specialize in this space so that our customers, the, the lumber yard and the roofing and siding supply house who are a little bit more of a generalist, right? Um, they, they can count on us to be like a really solid partner for them because we, we specialize so that they can generalize. I think that's what we talk about a lot when we talk to customers um, and, and we really try to become like a really solid partner for 
for our customers. And whether it's an emerging product or a technical question with product specialists that are in the markets from Maine to Virginia, out to Buffalo, uh, Sherwood can be there for you. I guess, would homeowners normally get in touch with you for any reason? Or can they look at your Instagram or do you have TikToks or yeah, like so, that? so now you're talking Mikey's language. Uh, we are yeah. hyperactive on social platforms, and I'll leave that for him. But obviously, Sherwood Lumber is a great place. Um, we have an inside dedicated team of exterior specialists that are manning the phones at all hours of the day. And then we have our field reps that are in each one of those markets to be able to get samples and provide homeowner and, and contractor consultation along with our dealer base. So we are not on TikTok yet. We we, sh we, sh we will be on TikTok soon, but we do have Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. You'll find us on all three, Sherwood Lumber or Sherwood Lumber Corp. I'm, I'm sure if you search it, you'll find us. We, we share pictures and inside information of all the products we talked about today, along with much more about just our company and general things, how-tos, et cetera. Any, any, anyone who wants to call or get in touch via social or email or phone calls, um, we love talking to homeowners. We love directing them to the right places. Um, where to get things and how to, how to do it. Even if they end up not going with our products, I think we love to help and um, consult in those process. So anyone, anyone on the, uh, who's listening in has a question, wants to learn more, uh, heard something interesting today, feel free to give us a call in any way or call Mike or myself any, anytime. Right on. Well, thank you. This has been very, um, very interesting. I have some reading to do. <laughs> Showerlumber.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time, and I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy. <laughs>